Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and with me, as always, is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, podcast listeners and film lovers and get ready for another meandering chat through the world of films a lot of which won't make any sense correct um (laughs) (laughs) i can't can't dispute that um yes um cinema continues to be quite good at the moment yes we're in a hot a hot streak of cinema before the blockbusters come back out and, before the, and we get a, a the hot su- stream of piss back into our eyes su- and ears before the superhero piss stream starts <laughs> I went to cinema and I went to see what, uh, I'm, I'm almost close to completing my best film nominees oh yes and this week it was a turn of American Sniper American Sniper uh, Bradley Wiggins no what's his name Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper plays real-life um, highest-kill-count-in-history American sniper um, Chris, Killy McGee. Chris <laughs> Kyle. Chris Kyle, um, who is in Afghanistan uh, killing savages, in, in his own words. Um, what's it What's it like? Well, first of all, I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think this is one of the best trailers. Yes. In terms of tension, it looks really great, the trailer. I mean, what... I mean, I, I still haven't seen this. I'm not that interested to be honest but what seemed to me from the trailer is that Clint Eastwood who's the for, director who's yeah. the director of this for obvious reasons uh, is very good when he's basically telling a western and it looked like this was a western in part you know in terms of the genre of it but I don't know if that's fair from the actual film yeah. you know in terms of the uh, the the troubled good guy who just has to kill enough bad guys and everything will be okay. It's that it feels like a film that's been done before. It felt very much like Hurt Locker to me. Okay, and the story of you know how one man is basically just a, a, a sort of bit like a, a cowboy. He hasn't really got any point to his life. He is moved by the Twin Towers. Uh, is it before Twin Towers? I'm not sure. No, but it's after. I'm, from uh, what I've read, the reviews, yeah, so it, they they sort of say the attack. Is he in Afghanistan or Iraq? Um, He's in Iraq, isn't he? Yes. Sorry, I said Afghanistan. And uh, he is is moved to um, no, it's it's, it's Afghanistan. I can't even remember. And I saw it the other day. <laughs> He's somewhere that's full of bad guys. It's it's in Iraq. It is yeah. Yeah. Um, and he becomes. 
uh, he's a good shot when he's a kid he becomes a sniper uh, so his job is just while while the troops they're basically sort of no go areas which have been bombed which are just uh, inhabited by you know uh, Al Qaeda and he's one of the snipers who's there to protect the, the American troops by getting rid of the other snipers or people who might be carrying bombs and car yes. bombs etc 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 and he over the course of the film, I don't think it's really spoiler saying it, he sort of loses his sanity because he's convinced that he's almost like a superhero in a way, protecting the American troops. So he has to go in. Uh, he's part of the Navy SEALs, which is the elite group who is sort of one up from the Marines, who are properly yeah. trained. And uh, it's based on a true story. Um, and he killed over 100. 160, which is quite incredible. That's an enormous number of people. In how long a tour? It is, he does four different four tours. tours. Yeah. And over the course of it, he graduates his sanity. Uh, Sienna Miller, who plays his wife, who is also great in Foxcatcher, a real surprise. Yeah. Um, well, she's been dismissed as just sort of pretty uh, celebrity, hasn't she? Well, she's in here? two of the biggest films of the, yeah. the year, both playing a sort of. Uh, a, in Foxcatcher, her role is not as big as only a small role in that. And this is a bigger role. She's great in both of them. I'm really impressed with her. Bradley Cooper, nominated for an Oscar. He's very good mm. at what he does. For me, he's not that magic actor like you have. He doesn't give me that. He doesn't give me make my hair step on hand on end like Michael Keaton does in Birdman yeah, yeah. or like J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. He doesn't have that. Electricity to him. I thought you were going to say J.K. in Jamiroquai. Uh, J.K. or J.K. in Jamiroquai. Um, I, this is it's odd because would this film have been? My first question is: Would this film have been nominated if the Oscars weren't run by America? So, you know, mm. would it be a, a bit? Uh, well, it's it's a huge commercial success. Uh, the Oscar contention apart. I mean, it's now the highest-grossing war movie in America of all time, and partly because it's been so politicised, because it's polarised the the right wing and and the liberal left, in that it's had accusations of being basically an American um, propaganda piece, uh, over, completely over, grossly oversimplifying and and favouring, you know, American occupation and people have a real problem with that but of course the right wing loves the fact that it is so simple as to say they're all heroes, no ifs, no buts, their enemy deserve to be killed and that's all there is to it and um, I mean it, it's been politicised so at the end of the day it, it is just a film but you can't escape Are people's that... criticisms fair? Yes I think they are I think it is oversimplified. I think some of the Iraqi insurgents are completely black and white, like the Butcher of Baghdad's in it. Yeah. And there's a, a rival, I think there's too many spoilers, there's a, a rival a sniper, it, like Iraqi sniper, who's almost like, like is it Ebony Abenaza or something like that? Who's a, who's a pantomime cat? Yeah, Abenaza. It almost feels a little bit like that. He's dressing up and he's like this Olympic champion who's doesn't really say anything, but he's just this evil right. uh, 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 opposing force. Um, I thought because Bradley Cooper's not likable in it. I didn't like him personally. I don't really like me. him in anything. But in the character he plays, a bit he's a bit like a sort of a hick. Yeah, and the American troops, they're not you don't really like any of them it's not as if uh, I mean a, a film I compare it to which I think is far superior 
my favourite wolf is Platoon which is a great on different yeah, yeah. I think it questions the whole uh, why they're out there and uh, and uh, it's more char- it's lots of different characters and it's also a character piece as well as a set in Vietnam and there's no Willem Dafoe you know char- characters who question it all there yeah, this is yeah. a bit and all the American troops they all seem a bit stupid so I didn't know whether I was watching thinking oh has he purposely has Clint Eastwood purposely made them a bit just sort of army you know um, knuckleheads who don't really know how to communicate and just have quite base conversations yeah. on purpose. And I thought at the end, oh no, maybe it's not because there's a. Uh, I, I won't go for spoilers, but if you look up Chris Carr, you can see what happens to him. You know, because yeah. his story is well known in America, but over here we haven't really yeah. heard his biography before. But at the end, the, the end of it is almost like a praise of. Chris Kyle, yes. which is weird. I think it just sits. Well, Texas is now calling for having National Chris Kyle Day every year to celebrate his achievements, like he's a saint, which is creepy as hell in my opinion. I think it, gets, but... I think it becomes really subjective. I think this is a point when you start, when you start, and it, even our conversation now has become quite politicised and, and subjective. For me personally, yeah, I the I as much as I seem like a really negative ball of evil. The idea of celebrating killing anyone is doesn't sit well yeah. with me. Yeah, you know that you can you can have somebody who is in in a bad place through no fault of their own, for only good intentions, and also you know uh, they are incredibly brave for committing acts of this kind in order to protect other people. But they're still they're still killing people, and that that shouldn't in itself be celebrated. You know yeah. that that the I read an account from a another. Navy SEAL sniper. I think he was Navy SEALs anyway. Certainly an American Hotshot sniper. McGee. Hotshot McGee. Do you know him? Um, he, um, but uh, because I thought that would be interesting to see what he had to say on the matter, and he was saying he found it very uncomfortable because it was not his experience of the Iraq War at all. In that it was only one side and made it incredibly simplistic. And he was saying to not include the the good Iraqi people, the incredibly friendly and the incredibly, you know, um, sort of, as as he, I'm paraphrasing, but sort of, you know, the the incredible wisdom you'd get from Iraqi children sometimes or the incredible playful, almost childlike nature of some of their uh, adults as well and everything in between, you know, and to not include all of that, which was a day-to-day part of his life as a sniper in Iraq, to only have the computer game part of it. Yeah. He said he could understand people's desire to only, uh, to reduce it to that, because uh, the more we know about uh, post-traumatic stress, the more more it seems to be a moral dis, um, disorder, whereby you've done things and then the context that you believed in changes after the fact, and suddenly you can't, you don't know how to deal with these things you've done anymore. And he says he's he since his last tour, he's been dealing with that as well, and so it isn't as simple as American Sniper and. The tricky thing for me, I haven't seen it, this is the thing, but it, I think it's interesting in terms of these films that get overly politicised and become they become a weapon people are beating each other with, whether it's the left or the right. And if this film has done harm, then I think it probably is responsible, isn't it? Well, I, I, you could say that it was, it had a, he faced a choice, Clint Eastwood. Is he going to tell this story as almost like a Hollywood computer game thing? Because in many, in many ways, the character of Chris Kyle in it is... 
half machine in yeah. his emotions and the way he behaves. And I think that's people. fair to the real man as well, in that he he saw it as black and white. Yeah. From what I've read, he, yeah. You know, he was just like, no, these guys deserve to die. They're they're subhuman scum, you know. And that was his view. That was it. There was no. Uh, I think that comes across, but I, the the problem was. Right at the end, I'm sorry, it's not really spoilers. It's almost this this huge uh, sort of pro-American. But he is a hero, yeah. you know, using actual uh, footage. We see real footage, and that last bit changes the whole uh, feel and context of the of abandons the, the ambiguity. Abandons, yeah, the and, it, and you think, relativity. oh, right. So you, you, this is this is you feel that that's what was the, that this is what the film was about. You know, he was yeah. a hero, and I think if they'd have left. They'd have cut that last off and made it. So you decide whether he is yes. a, a hero or if there's something wrong with him. You don't sort of say you don't make out to be this um, America is the greatest nation film. Mm. It's uh, interesting, isn't it, as well that America for a while seemed to have an appetite for the uh, moral ambiguity of war, and that uh, post Vietnam specifically, yeah. where suddenly they realised they weren't going to win every war they were part of, and it's not quite as simple as winning and losing either. I mean, that an entire generation of young men coming back, having got hooked on heroin and seeing the most horrifying things, you know, no one should have to endure, and. But within a generation or two, to have sort of forgotten that and just want it to be as black and white as we talk about the Second World War, you yeah. know, they but want it, all wars to be that it, again. It's odd if you if you think these this film, if you looked at it from a, an a, an alien comes down to earth and, yeah. looks at, and puts a timeline on these films, you'd say that things like Platoon and Full Metal Jacket seem to be more developed and have a lot more yes. uh, uh, interesting in terms of what they're asking questions about than this film. This seems like a almost like a western like a 1960s black and white yes. war film at times that if you if you shoot the bad men everything will be fine not quite in the end, but, but I just think there would I didn't know whether I, I would love I haven't read a Clint Eastwood's interview on it because I thought by the characterisation of all the American troops they were clearly not the most intelligent articulate people and they weren't asking questions whether that was a statement mm. itself but I don't. I'm worried that it wasn't. <laughs> but if he doesn't give the Iraqis a voice at all in this film, then that is worrying, isn't it? it uh, only because of I don't the bit at the end which says this is what the film's about. Yeah. Okay, um, that's interesting. I haven't seen it. If you make so a war I, film, you can do that. But I, I feel as well that I've seen this film before. Um, it feels very much similar to Hurt Locker, which I thought was a. Although my memory's really. Uh, Adult, I thought was a, super, a superior film that asked more questions okay. and was more interesting than this film. Um, Hurt the, Locker. When Jeremy Renner seemed like the next new thing and everything seemed possible for him. for Jeremy Renner? Where, where did it go wrong for him? So boring. <laughs> so boring. I, I don't know. He's He's been in huge franchises. He, he took over the Bourne franchise and it hasn't made it work. They're talking about bringing Matt Damon back. He's uh, lined up for Mission Impossible for when Tom Cruise can't climb uh, buildings anymore and he's really dull in that. He's the dullest character in the Avengers. I, I, I think it's because he looks a little bit like the one that got Rob Reiner from Juice Bigelow. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's and the next... Uh... Everyone thinks, hang on a minute, do you know that Jeremy Renner looks a bit... And it also you mean sounds a bit Rob like, Schneider? Rob Schneider is, Rob, not Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner's the, uh, the fat guy with the beard who directs oh, no. films. Rob Schneider... Uh, okay, yeah, and Jay Renner. I think there's a little bit, mm, and that's yeah, I can what see subconsciously that. 
people think Jimmy is a bit like because he was brilliant in Hurt Locker, wasn't he? Yeah, it was and he's just gone a bit weird after. And I have to point out one of the weirdest moments in a Hollywood film that I've ever seen: the baby. You, you've heard. It's, I've read. It, I've read a I've lot read about, about this. I forgot about it, and I saw it. There's one scene with. Um, it's not a spoiler. Uh, with Bradley Cooper in a mirror, <laughs> and it's a really taut, traumatic. You know, one of the most uh, questioning their relationship. There, they've had children, and I don't know if the baby fell through. I've read about this. It's a plastic baby, and with an animatronic hand, right? We're not even it. It's not even moving properly. You clearly see its plastic face, and they're holding it. It looks like a plastic baby. They pass over. They didn't even go. They didn't even say we're shooting this. I mean, you're shooting films in like 4K too. Cause you yeah, just yeah. go. Do you know what? Zoom in on the face. Don't get that baby in. You can clearly see the baby, and you're just thinking, what? And I looked at. I, I, I just uh, and I thought, what? <laughs> I, I was I was gobsmacked. Well, apparently, I've read about this. Yeah, is bit of a prior story because I've seen screen caps of it, so I'm just like bloody hell! That is I, so I, 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 I um, forgot about it. When um, we sit in the film, it's crazy. Clint Eastwood is famous for moving fast and using first takes, and sometimes you think you were rehearsing, and he was like, "Okay, let's move on," and you know you've done it, and that's it. And apparently, when they came to that, they had a baby and a standby baby, um, and the baby had uh, pneumonia or something. It was ill. Anyway, the 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 primary baby was ill the standby baby was bawling its eyes out and so apparently Clint in the moment just went get the toy baby and they just ran with it and that was that um, it was is one of the worst fit. or you just do you but you the fact you see its face and you just go and the baby's non-essential in that see if you ask me does it make you think that uh, it's a brand new dimension that uh, Bradley Cooper and Sienna Miller's characters are both really ill and maybe they've lost the baby and they can't deal with it? It's, it turns the scene into a comedy because you... Have you seen Psychoville? Uh, a, a, Is it like Dawn French's character who has a fake baby the entire time? A bit, I, I imagine a bit. I haven't seen, I haven't okay. seen tiny bits, I can't remember. Uh, uh, and it makes their laughing comical because they're doing this tearful acting <laughs> with a plastic baby. That's so is, weird. I I don't know how because they previous just previous films have CGI'd um, babies as well. Yeah, you know, you must the, be you could you could still CGI stuff over the face. Well, they put it on a four K. They could just crop the image further in, couldn't they? I mean, it's I do not know how that got in there. And it, you think how much money you've got? That's a big yeah, budget yeah. film. You just go that. We cannot have... That's weird. Maybe Clint's eyesight's going. It is an incredible... And it ruins... It, it's a strange comical moment which does ruin the film. But saying that, you know, as, um, as a film, it is an, it, 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 it's, it's an, an interesting film. And there's something, good, there's something exciting. If you take all the war and the horror out of mm-hmm. it, the whole sniper shooting people and putting in tense situations, yeah. having to choose... There's some great cinematic moments. I mean, the trailer bit is the best bit of the film. There's a few other bits like that. Yeah. Well, personally, really I, I don't. I don't demand that every film uh, agrees with my politics. 
yeah. almost it becomes more interesting when a film challenges you by portraying a world that you don't think is the correct one and then people start talking about it i mean that you know so fair play to it i i i uh, i haven't i haven't seen it but the the discussion around it and the controversy around it's been very interesting in terms of you know making people come to terms with what they actually do believe yeah um then fair play um, well, I give it seven Mareks. I don't think it's up there with the rest of the... Uh, do you think Bradley's in with a chance? N- I will be v- very surprised. It, I think he's good. Because he's, he's been really... nominated several times in a row, yeah, now, hasn't he? I mean, I mean, I don't know. You can't beat Eddie Redmayne or Michael Keaton. Mm. Uh, I think he's good in it, but it's not... He's always playing a robotic character, so you don't really get... I don't think it's a real Oscar role. He did grow a beard for it. Okay, maybe changed my mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, Americans and I are interesting. Uh, there's so many other good films at the moment. I, I just wait to comes out on DVD. <laughs> I wonder if they retroactively change the baby for that the is, DVD that is release. Incredible, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, American Sniper. Um, time for the letters. Have we got any letters? Yes. Here we go. Um, this is from Philip Le Shirley. In Eastbourne, he's requested oh, Brian Blessed in Flash Gordon. You've done this before, haven't you? I don't know. I'm not very good at Blessed. Brian Blessed. <laughs> Dear David Merrick, Gordon's alive! I have 100%. I'm doing it wrong. I have a hundred percent true information for you. The plot of Flash Gordon 2 was supposed to revolve around Flash banging that Aurora bird and catching space crabs, requiring a return to Earth to visit the 24-hour chemist. This was intended to tie in with the end of Picnic at Hanging Rock, but the whole idea was shelved for budgetary reasons. Keep watching the films! Phil, from Eastbourne. That's a reference to the Picnic at Hanging Rock being... Where space crabs... Uh, <laughs> a few weeks back, you yes. said that. Uh, I, I I don't believe you, Phil. I don't believe the the plot of uh, Flash Gordon two did revolve around him catching space crabs. But but uh, if you have any evidence, please prove me wrong. Um, Do you want to read another one? You well, you you read the next one. This is from Bournemouth. It says no no none farmer accent. Well, I'm going to do a farmer accent if you want. So this is from Fran Jolly. Good day, film fandangos. Wonder how many emails filmfandango at gmail gets per month meant for you. I must have sent about four before I realised. Anyway, in your previous comedy groups, did you ever talk about making a movie? Either Penny Dreadfuls or We Are Clang. What were your ideas? What would your non-Oscar nominated picks for best film actor, actress and director? Which, ah. Also, which will be the biggest disappointment? Ghostbusters 3, Jurassic Park 4, or the new Star Wars? All the best. Francis Jolly. Well, uh, which question should we go with first? Um, Final one first. Um, I think the biggest disappointment. Uh, I don't think the bar is very high for Star Wars. I don't think it can fail because George Lucas lowered the bar about as far as it can go. They've already got that up, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, so they've already got that up, so this is going to be better. Um, Ghostbusters 3 I think is going to be great it's a fantastic cast it's a reboot it's a reboot I think they decided on a reboot it's a guess but I think because 
Bill Murray keeps umming and ahhing whether he's involved at all. Harold Ramis has died, and so a reboot with only Dan Aykroyd, it wouldn't really... Uh, sorry, a, a third film with only Dan Aykroyd, it would feel a, not as connected as it once was. I hate all the reboots. I've got something about a new film. Well, yeah, but uh, it's... So, at least they're doing something new with it rather than just casting, you know. Um, but no, I think Ghostbusters 3 might be alright. I mean, it's a good good team. So, Jurassic World, I think, is going to be... Uh, terrible. From what you said about the trailer, I, I look I, I, dreadful. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, what was his other question? What would be your none? I don't understand what none Oscar nominated picks for best film actor. Uh, best film actor and actress who uh, from last year who have not been nominated for an Oscar. So which films should you know? If we had the Fandangis, um, who would be nominated? I think all the best ones. I can't. I can't remember that far back. It's 2014. I just delete everything that happens to me and start again like Groundhog Day, but without the prior knowledge. So it's, it's just true. Pointless. What, what films? I mean, remembering what year things came out as well is pretty tough. Um, uh, when was Blue Ruin? That was last year, wasn't it? It's basically we discussed this in our roundup of the entire year, didn't we? Yeah. We've I've done it. Give them, I give them all to Lego Movie. <laughs> Did you ever talk about making a film when you're pretty Penny Dreadfuls, which was your sketch group? Uh, and you in We Are Clang. No, we didn't. Did you never talk about doing a film? No, we're so, we found it so hard to write a series and such a terrible experience we didn't get right. Well, no one gave us the chance to write a series. So um, we talked about... Um, all of our ideas were set in uh, a sort of steampunky uh, sci-fi uh, Victoriana world of, of the uh, 19th century so we talked about doing sort of uh, demon hunters but apart from that it was probably just a conversation around some chips we never did anything about it the problem is it's so much work to write a film yeah and that uh, no one is really interested in the making stuff for themselves so you've got to make it yourself and it costs so much money so it's pretty impossible or, or you've got to be really famous. That's my cynical outlook. <laughs> so it's not worth getting out of bed in the morning. Uh, don't uh, Anything you do will be doomed to failure. Like my new sport I've created, which I'm going to continue. Don't be down on Volsball. It's going to change the, the world. At Volsball. Volsball.com. I even bought some merchandise for my new brand new sport. And so far, I'm even losing money on that. Um, You're losing money on merchandise for a sport that no one has yet played. Well, the, it, it, I may have jumped the gun, but I, I am gobsmacked. Uh, but uh, it was, I'm still feeling a bit emotional about it. Okay. Anyway, this Volsball I think is going to be like uh, your wild stallions, where you are going to bring everyone together in peace and harmony through the playing of this brand new sport. I hope so. But talking about someone who does bring things together, mm. we should move on to what you saw recently. Well, I saw a film from last year that um, had passed me by. I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan. Uh, he's probably my favourite leading man. I'll watch anything he's in. Um, N- Nicholas Cage is sure. No, no, no. Nicholas Cage is sort of a pet project in that I t- he, he doesn't change what he's doing. Uh, from film to film and sometimes it's brilliant and sometimes it's the worst thing ever and it's the weirdest thing whatever you know Nicolas Cage is just a constant but sometimes it works anyway that's just a fascination Denzel Washington I actually really like Um, so I saw The Equaliser which 
was another one of these uh, American man with a gun uh, films the, from the end of last year. Based on the brilliant series with Edward Woodward. From yes, Kansas. I hadn't realised until the end because this is basically the origin story setup episode of that concept. Did they have their equal, the, the soundtrack to Ace's Equaliser? Have you ever heard that? I can't recall they may have ended on that one of the best 80 soundtracks well Denzel Washington plays a man with uh, it's not like Taken it's not like Taken at all but he plays a man with a certain set of skills who uh, won't use them because he's moved on he's uh, He's promised his uh, wife that he won't do that before she died. A bit like me with comedy. Yeah, a bit like before uh, your career died. Yeah. You promised it you wouldn't do comedy anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's probably why it died, actually. Just, just get, <laughs> get back to the film. You brought it up, mate. Um, and so Denzel Washington is a, a man uh, with scarily able with uh, tools of death. And... He he's, he sits in a diner every night reading books. He's told his wife he, before she died um, he would read the uh, hundred books you're supposed to read before you die. <laughs> and so he's working his way through them. And he has a sort of informal friendship with another girl who's always in the diner who is a call girl for the Russian mafia. Oh, dear. And then he starts to worry about what they're doing to her and then... It's a sort of vengeance story, but without... He just decides it's time uh, the bad guys... There was a good guy to take down the bad guys to equalise things, to bring balance to the force, if you like. So uh, he goes around doing that. What is fun about this? How it is different to things like Taken or uh, a Walk Amongst the Tombstones, I saw recently as well, another Liam Neeson one. Um, He's basically like MacGyver in that he is able to use tools and stuff and uh, household materials on the fly in order to take down bad guys. Or he's a bit like um, an older Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. Uh, but instead of just comically making people fall down, he, he kills them stone dead. Oh, no. So in terms of a fun sort of action film, it's really quite fun. It's really quite good. It... Don't worry about the moral compass of it. The moral compass is totally out of whack. <laughs> the equaliser, here's a question for you. Mm. Say, so he equalises things as loads of bad guys. Yeah. What if he goes to like church or somewhere that's a good people? I'm not saying church, or, you know, like say he goes to the Samaritan Centre. And tries to equalise them. Yeah, he no, ends he, up doing like he's a focused the, the photocopier. <laughs> of the uh, Samaritans. Yeah. He's he's focused on the, only the Russian mob end of the spectrum. So he's got to hang around with bad guys to yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think so. I think that's the way it goes. He uh, he works at B and Q as well. That's his day job. And there's a a the final sort of twenty minute showdown is in B and Q, which for a guy who can use household he, materials, he's, don't, he's in his element. A, if you're gonna pick a fight with him, don't do it. In B&Q. Don't do it. In his, that's like his home turf. Oh no. Yeah. I tell you what. Is it B&Q or is it... No, it's not B&Q, but it looks exactly like B&Q. Only it's yellow, not orange. But is it... Because B&Q only employ older generation because they know about things. It's full of old people. They only uh, employ people with a certain set of skills. Like, everyone at B&Q is a killing machine who's sworn they wouldn't do it again. um, Wow. Until they're pulled back in. Um, It's really fun. It is really fun. Um, 
it, it's just daft fun. You know, it's not an amazing film, but it it does what this film is doing well. Um, but what I found interesting watching it is I was totally on board with these Russian gangsters getting killed left, right, and centre without any ambiguity whatsoever. It's it's okay to cast Russians as the baddies again because of uh, Vladimir Putin and all of the the oligarchs who own everything. We're ha- yeah. we're happy for them to bite the bullet now, aren't we? I mean, do you think? What do you think? I mean, yeah, but, kill because him, kill him. but talking, you know, with American Sniper though, I mean, is that it's it's become ambiguity has crept back into Middle Eastern terrorists and all of that, and Russian gangsters seem to have risen to the top as being, yeah, they're just evil. I think it's always good to kill anyone different. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You don't get you don't get you know Welsh farmers being the villains in stuff you know or uh, you should they or just you know French poets it's never them um, all of the Russian gangsters has preposterous numbers of tattoos bodily you know torso and arm tattoos are they drinking vodka from bottles and stuff all the way through oh yeah yeah all the way through yeah and and one of them is so evil monstrously evil it's like a panto performance and it's wonderful because that just sets the tone it's just like oh it's fine this isn't meant to be real at all this is just stupid but it's good fun uh, there must be some rubbish romance thing in there as well is there no 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 it's it's, uh, in the Taken model where all of the the love is uh, is uh, paternal so he's protective Rather than he that's is in weird love. That's coming. And is it is it a lot of CGI special effects? And would it, how, no, no. It most how of superhero. Look, how not how, at all. It, he is a bloke who works at B and Q. So it, it's sort of it's grimy, visceral. And is all the violence realistic? Was it that, or is it like John Woo ridiculous? No, it doesn't go John Woo. Um, it's uh, it's all fairly realistic. If someone gets shot, it bloody hurts and we'll take them down you know that sort of thing but he's using you know razor wire and uh, nail guns and Pen- things. those pencils you get as well he, all those pencils. has he got a pencil behind his ear like most people do he doesn't his, his thing is a wristwatch he, oh, okay. and he times everything so he knows exactly how many seconds it'll take him to do something autistic it's the implication or just thorough I think we're supposed to think his character trait is thorough fine line a yeah. very fine line <laughs> yeah <laughs> But he, uh, yeah, he used to be a sort of um, agent for the American government of some kind, um, and uh, at one point goes and meets his old contacts to basically get permission to go after this Russian mob family. His old contacts probably doing it in the uh, in the um, toilet or, or soft furnishings aisle. Well, weirdly, his his old um, CIA contact is. Um, is a woman whose husband is played by um, Bill Pullman, but he just plays a husband. He he doesn't have any skills or anything. He's just some some woman's husband. That's nice. Yeah, it's good, but it's weird just going. Oh, you're playing a completely irrelevant person. Okay, cool. That's cool. Listen, he's probably found his agent. So listen, I need, I need something, anything. <laughs> How about a Denzel Washington film? Oh my god, yes, please, please. Husband, you want you to play husband too? Person, you, you basically just clear the dishes while he's talking to someone important. How dirty the dishes? Uh, no, I mean, they're pretty sophisticated. It looks like there hasn't been... Uh, there's not beans or gravy or anything. That's when you notice a barman, or an island, always in the barman extras. Mm. If you look, my new hobby is, when I watch films, look at the barman in, in things. To see how... Just to see whether they're polishing glasses in the background. 
Because barman, basically, you just stand there. Nobody polishes glasses no. for real anymore because no. they have those squidgy. Uh, yeah, the squidgy. But things. there's a lot of things in, and even when I, I was doing a bit in a, a film when I was playing barman, I found myself just polishing, and the blue one just polish, I found myself polishing the glass. And I never see anyone polishing glass with no, the old tea They have towel. a machine for it. Don't now. even touch the glass. It's disgusting. Yeah, the, those tea towels must see so much. I mean. A bar must be so quiet and dead for a barman to have time to polish every it's a glass. Thing, but in in films, there's a lot of po- glass polishing yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah, that's true. I've played a barman as well. Like, I'm trying to did think. You polish a glass? Yeah, I did polish a glass. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was directed by Ben Wheatley, and it was opposite Miana Buring. They've done very well since that day. <laughs> if you hadn't polished that glass, I would be with them now. Realistically, you'd just be standing there watching, and you you wouldn't be if someone's at the bar. You'd be engaging with them or yeah. doing a stock check. You wouldn't, but that doesn't look like... Pol- I mean, I'm going off topic. <laughs> Slightly. Slightly. So if somebody is uh, doing overly self-conscious, unrealistic acting, we can call them a glass polisher. But I've done... Oh, it's, that guy's such a glass something polisher. That, something you do that no one else does. Like mopping people are always in the middle of... Mop- cleaners are always in the middle of mopping something really hard. When I've seen cleaners, a lot of the time they're on their phones and the last thing they're doing is... is mopping. Yeah. Mopping. Um, I, I want to get some of the people doing the mopping. If, you're, if you want to get a good cleaner, don't hire a cleaner. Hire a film extra <laughs> and tell them they're being filmed and they've got to do mopping. Yeah. Just set up a camera in the corner yeah, of the room. Yeah, so we need you. We're doing a whole mopping thing. We're doing a... a what's it called when you do the... Um, stop, not stop motion, what, like 24. When you do the time lapse. Oh, yeah. We're doing a time lapse of you cleaning this house, and we're filming it for a, 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 a movie. And you say we, we're going to speed it up so it has to all be within twenty-five minutes. And it has so, to be all really clean by the end of it, so the camera can tell because these things are because you go from one to the then other. Then they'll do a really good job because okay. they're on TV. Also, you can say they can do it for their CV. <laughs> yeah, just get some. Yeah, just say well, there's no payment, but it'll be we'll, great on your show. We'll send you a DVD of the film. <laughs> So just send them a DVD. I love this idea. I love this idea. I'm going to get myself a film extra cleaner. Do it. What else could you do? Paint, you could get workmen, everything. You'd probably have to have a different person every week. Otherwise, they might cotton on that you've got them to do time-lapse cleaning this room for eight weeks in a row now, and they've still not seen anything. I've got the cost of burning onto a DVD and putting it in the post, because postage has gone up quite a lot. It has, hasn't it? Well, you can just Dropbox it to them. I'll send them the file. Yeah, done. Well, this is we've got to really good. We've helped out quite a lot now, I think. Thanks, Denzel. You got us there once again. Um, well, that's it for this week. How many Davids? How many Davids? I'd probably give it um, seven and a half. It's good fun. It's good fun. It's probably a TV movie, if I'm fair. Okay. If I'm fair to it, but it, it's 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 a romp. It's a good old romp. It's it's in the diehard genre. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that's it for this week. Um. We do all of this for free, so if you'd like to donate towards our running costs, then please do go to filmfandango.co.uk, follow the links from there, and everyone who has, you are absolute heroes. Um, Also, I'd like to remind everyone that uh, if you would like to enter our competition by uh, submitting your Oscar guesses, then uh, please do so on our Facebook wall, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango, and the person who gets... All of them right, or the closest, I guess, if no one gets all of them right. No, okay. only if they get them all only right. Only if they get them all right. Fair enough. We'll get a wonderful prize. So make sure you do that. 
Um, if you'd like to write to us uh, and have your letter read out, then please email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. But we will be back next week. Keep watching the films. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.